Welcome to the Sons of Ignatius podcast. This is Father David Lugo coming at you solo this time. Father Niles has been having some tech problems the last couple of weeks, and we've tried a few times to record our last episode in our series about the stages or the aspects and pillars of formation from Pastoris Dabovis. And today we were going to present to you our episode on pastoral formation, but because of some tech difficulties, Father Nile had to exempt himself. And I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of what we did discuss, and eventually we'll release the episode as we had it in its full. Before I jump into the content from this last episode in the ARC, I'd just like to give a quick shout out to our listeners in Denmark, Ireland, England, and Canada, specifically Father Edmund Lowe in Canada. Thank you for your support. And also, just a quick announcement, if you would like to give us more feedback, feel free to email us and also to find us on social media, especially on Twitter. That's Sons of Ignatius on Twitter. Last announcement before I jump right into the topic, which is pastoral formation. Uh, Very soon, we'll have a guest on the show. Father Niall has a Jesuit novice in Ireland that's staying with him. His name is Eamon. Eamon will be a guest on the show very soon. And so we look forward to talking with him as well. Getting back to the content of what we've been discussing, as you may recall from the last three episodes, we've been looking at Pastoris Dabovis, which is that document on priestly formation from Pope John Paul II, where he outlines the major pillars of seminary formation that need to be met in every single seminary around the world, in every house of formation. And so Father Niall and I, uh, over the course of our formation as Jesuits, have been invited to a real deep consideration of our spiritual formation. How is it that we pray? How is it that our relationship with the Lord is foundational to our experience and identity as priests and as religious? Uh, And of course, the philosophical, the intellectual, the theological formation that comes with priesthood is an essential pillar as well. And thirdly, which is what we discussed last time, is that human formation, that aspect of formation that is foundational for all of the rest, as John Paul II lays it out. Human formation is the the first among them all because uh, we're not forming angels, we're not forming just brute animals, we're forming human beings to be missionary disciples. And so if we disregard or if we don't care intently enough on the human aspect of our formation— then, well, okay, we can be disembodied brains, or we can be mystics on seventh heaven, or we can be people who are very dedicated to the apostolate, but, you know, well-integrated human beings are what's needed, because Jesus calls men and women. He doesn't call people who are detached from their humanity. As one thing that we've discussed many times is the incarnational principle, thinking about how, as missionary disciples, we need to be in touch with earth, in touch with the, the soil of the earth, the reality. And one of the ways that I think that finds its fullest expression is in this last dimension, thinking about pastoral formation. And as the document says, the end of all of formation is pastoral. That is to say that the insistence of our human spiritual intellectual formation is that it's geared towards forming pastors. Now, certainly within the context of the document, it's thinking about pastors in the strict sense of priestly pastors, those who are meant to be priests in the church. But we would want to expand that a little bit and to talk about anybody who's called to ministry in the church at all, and that's anybody who's baptized, that we're called to have the aim of all of our preparation, both baptismal preparation and then ongoing formation in the faith, to be one that's dedicated to the pastoral concerns. And so continuing on with that incarnational principle, that's one of the things that the document really insists on is that are we in touch with the reality of those who are most in need? You know, the the scriptures say in John 10 that Jesus is the good shepherd and the sheep hear his voice and they follow him. 
Well, if we're supposed to be pastors in imitation of Jesus, the good shepherd, how in tune are we with the sheep that we have been charged with? Not in a sort of paternalistic way that they're sheep and we're shepherds, but that shepherds give their life for their sheep, that they're ones who are dedicated and are aiming all of their formation and their dedication to caring for their sheep. So the pastoral formation then becomes the end or the goal of everything that we do. Pope Francis, of course, has that famous line from early on in his pontificate that a priest should smell like his sheep. A pastor should smell like his sheep. And it's a beautiful reminder that for us, Jesus is the good shepherd who smells like his sheep and is not afraid to touch the earth and to touch the reality, sometimes the messy reality of those that follow him. The same thing would be said for us as missionary disciples. How often do we find ourselves detached from people's realities or finding ourselves a little bit uncomfortable or at worst, and God forbid, disgusted by the the messiness of what's going on? Very recently, I was on Twitter and I saw someone posting uh, about the resurrection of Lazarus. And the resurrection of Lazarus is, of course, that great text at the end of John's gospel where Jesus resurrects after weeping for the loss of his friend, resurrects his friend and brings him back to life. And the commenter on Twitter was saying, you know, the the ongoing reminder with this passage from the scriptures is that we need to be available no matter how bad the stench. That is to say that no matter what's going on or whatever circumstances may be may be difficult for us in the pastoral scene, we find ourselves drawn out of love because the good shepherd does not turn away from those who are most in need. Another dimension here, I think that we just wanted to underline that we'll get to in more depth when we get a chance to talk more in person, Father Nile and I is to realize that the dimension here is pastoral and not professional. The document makes a very, very clear indication and underlines that we're not called to be clerical functionaries merely, as if all of our pastoral concern is reduced to just being dispensaries of the sacraments or to just be professionals who are dedicated to maintaining the building of the church. We're not just administrators. We're not just clerical functionaries. We're missionary disciples who have been charged with caring for the sheep and the flock. And so we have to have a tremendous amount of empathy and concern for the needs of the flock. The document in number 58 says that we need to have seminary formation that educates and initiates the candidates for priesthood to the sensitivity of being a shepherd. I like to think about that and pray about that a little bit of what is it in my heart that's that's sensitive to the needs of the flock and how often I might find myself hardening my heart or being averse to the needs of the flock. I think sometimes in my life as a priest and as a missionary disciple generally, I find myself almost ignoring the needs of the faithful because I'm a little too busy or I find myself a little bit too, you know, not really interested right now in having someone be distracting me or interrupting my daily life. And that kind of aversion is very much not what's uh, on display in this document for what it means to be a good priest. In other words, we need to have a sensitivity, the heart of a shepherd, empathy that's that's cultivated. Another big uh, dimension from the document that I just wanted to underline briefly is the importance of of taking action based on the realities that we see before us. Kind of going along with what I was saying is having that empathy. Niall has had some good experiences, and so have I, of being encountering of encountering people on the street or finding ourselves in the parish where people want to want their pastor, want their shepherd to help them, to meet them, to love them, to be with them, and reflecting on that and then acting on it. So reflection and action as part and parcel of life as a shepherd is that we sense the need, we discern the need, and we respond. And it's a good con- it's good content for our discernment and our good content for our examination when we find ourselves a little bit removed from that. And then maybe perhaps the sensitivity of the heart of the shepherd is ossifying a little bit. And we need to find ourselves softened in our empathy and, you know, in re- re-enkindled in our love for the flock. 
Just a few more little notes before I close this summary up and we'll see you next time for sure. It's just to say that, you know, the the life of the pastor, the life of the, the missionary disciple is never alone or in solitude. Jesus called them as a company of apostles and a group of many disciples, and he sent them out two by two. And one of the ways I think that in the church today, we find ourselves very much blessed is that we have a lot of very capable priests, a lot of very capable lay people, a lot of very capable religious who are all working in the same vineyard of the Lord. And it's the same shepherd who calls us all to collaborate in his ministry. And it's one of the great graces that I have found in my life as a priest and as a religious is collaboration with the laity, for example, that we are collaborators in mission, collaborators in the vineyard of the Lord. For the Lord calls and he invites all of us to work in his vineyard, not just mine. It's not my pet project, of course. It's the Lord inviting us. Lastly, just one uh, final note, maybe a little bit more personally. I I have uh, been very concerned in thinking about this recently in my life with the availability of a pastor. If, if our focus is pastoral, everything that we do is aimed towards the pastoral concern, there can be a temptation within the apostolate, within the vineyard of the Lord to burnout and to workaholism. And it's one of the things that's been a tension for me in my life as a priest is to figure out, you know, I want to be available all the time. I want to have my, my sheep know that, you know, here's my cell phone number, here's my email address, I'm always available for you, you know, I'm here for you, I'm your priest. But of course, there's good wisdom in the world that there needs to be healthy boundaries too. So just to put a little note on that, that we need to be thinking too, that as as members of the church, as missionary disciples, we don't do this alone. And sometimes we need to retreat, just like Jesus retreated into the mountains to pray, invited his apostles to take some time away themselves with him. Those are concerns that matter for being a good and healthy missionary disciple is, you know, to find good boundaries. And so for me, I've been thinking a lot about that because our life as priests is not really a nine to five. And since it's not a nine to five, we need to find good ways of making sure that we have healthy boundaries, that we take time for self-care and that we find ourselves really, really taking care of our emotional and psychological health as well so that we don't burn out and we don't uh, fall into workaholism, turning an idol into our work. Because the pastoral work is work, but it's not the kind of work that should lead to burnout. We should find ourselves with healthy boundaries, you know, taking care of those other pillars. And so as a good examination for myself, I use those other pillars as a reminder to have good healthy boundaries. You know, when was the last time I read a good intellectual book? When was the last time I spent a holy hour before the Lord? When was the last time that I went to see a therapist or went to the gym or hung out with my friends? You know, those other pillars can serve as good examination pillars or, you know, checks along the way uh, for us to be making sure that we're staying healthy, you know, because the apostolate can be all encompassing because we are generous and we want to be dedicated to the, to the ministry of the Lord. And when that happens, it can become all encompassing. So it's good to have boundaries as well. With that, I leave you and I encourage you to follow and like, subscribe and to share the, the show and to listen out for the next episode where hopefully Father Niall gets his tech issues in order and we can continue with our ongoing conversation. God bless you all.